Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. Today we have founders of Hand by Craft, Josh and Natalia, joining us. Josh and Natalia are a couple committed to the preservation of ancestral and traditional knowledge. They founded their life mission in 2018 during a visit to Colombia, Natalia's homeland, and felt inspired to create a project that connects the land of the Condor with the U.S., the Eagle Nation, Josh's homeland. Hand by Craft's vision is to act as a connecting bridge from the people for the people, allowing natives and traditional artisans to have a voice and reach far territories by facilitating technology, legal and language barriers, showing an example of fair trade and mutual benefit for the local and foreign communities, crediting the artist fully and sharing with the public the stories of the hands behind the craft all in an effort to inspire young generations to learn from their elders and return to their roots. Welcome to Flow Space, Natalia and Josh. Thank you. Um, if you can please share with the audience a little bit about yourselves. Uh, I'm Josh. I <laughs> grew up in Pine Bush, New York. Um, I feel like when I met my wife is when I really started to become more conscious because we continuously triggered ourselves and worked through it and really really grew well hey there i am natalia and as you may guess by the accent i am colombian as nationality i have been residing in the u.s for just about 11 years it's going to be 12 almost and uh josh and i met about six years ago I think that that was a catalyst in uh, our lives. We both indeed uh, decided to create a beautiful project that we have been carrying out for the past three years and actively, actively for the past year and a half. And that's exactly where we got to meet each other. So I'm very, very excited to have the opportunity to be here and share with everyone a little bit about those stories. Yes. and. We were so grateful to encounter you. We encountered you at the Warwick Farmer's Market, or no, at the um, Goshen Goshen Farmer's Market. And we resonated so deeply with things that you were sharing with us in regular conversation that we felt such a calling that you held so much medicine and sacredness that we would love our audience to hear and be a part of that. So if you can tell us a little bit about your journey, what your mission is. Sure. So I was first introduced to medicine in my early teenager years there was some family influence that brought me into those beautiful sacred circles and sort of resonated with me but it quite didn't stay uh, until i moved to the states so that's when i finally sort of like opened my eyes to the beauty of the country and the culture that i was brought into since then i was able to sort of connect with uh, the medicine people of the north I'm going to say probably 2014, 2015, that sort of took year. And by 2017, there was this yearning in my heart of 
sort of flipping life and created something that it was more meaningful. Um, I guess that at that point, many manifestations happened and yeah uh, we we met with josh and decided to i was lucky enough or fortunate enough to find a beautiful mind who was on the same path and mission so we started to create little steps into building this beautiful project that which is in my craft i think a lot of these steps we didn't even realize what we were doing we were just following our intuition following our heart and and the doorways always opened and they continue to and how do you um, recognize that you were following the intuition? Like, what did that feel like for you? It, it's, it's a knowing. It's not being in your head and wondering or worrying about everything. It's just, I know I have to do this, and I, I feel it more in the heart chakra than, than anything. Yeah, I would say that, that you do definitely have a little bit more of that sensitivity to energies i i am a little bit more logical minded if you will and for me the process sort of resumes into visualizing what that outcome will be but then feeling or taking steps into getting there and as you take the steps as if it was already manifested sort of like the laying bricks uh, unfold in front of you so so i do I do feel that when you take the steps, it, it kind of gets you there. Uh, but again, Josh has that, no, I have the feeling. So so it's a good mixture of like, let's do Ben with what direction. I'm sure yeah. people want like practical examples. So in 2018, we went down to Colombia to the largest artisanal Colombian fair, artisan fair, with the intention of looking for the indigenous and trying to find the people that actually were doing the work and needed, I wouldn't say assistance, but could benefit from someone else on the, in North America. So we had found a bunch of different people and it had taken a few years of, I would say slowness of trying to figure out how to bring these products. And then when COVID came, we used that as a catalyst instead of being upset about it because Natalia had lost her job and I was able to remain at my job. So it was like, Natalia, this is, this is it. We're gonna use this opportunity. I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess that we should trade them back and, and sort of tell the audience what I said that we're about, right? Yeah. So, so 2018, a year together, and I guess we manifested this incredible life. What do you picture as your perfect American life? Your beautiful white picket fence and your regular nine to fives, what everyone around us consider quote unquote successful. But something inside of us had that emptiness feeling. Uh, we were working endless hours, and yes, we had a lot of like material privileges if you will um but we weren't spending time with each other i worked retail for a very long time so holidays was something that i didn't know for about 10 years and we decided to combine the skills that each one of us has into creating something that would allow us to work together but not to be just of service to self uh we noticed that this beautiful movement of 
kind of like a renaissance again with people bringing back their creativity, launching their own businesses, going the entrepreneurial route sort of happen. Um, but it was to help themselves. So I started to question like, okay, what about the people who don't have the abilities to establish a business or the cultural things that are untangible, that are not being able to share out there just uh, for financial recognition. So we were like, let's do something that it brings us together. And that's exactly how we weaved that concept of preserving traditions and ancestral knowledge now to make that happen of course it requires certain funds so the retail end of the sacred items displayed with their full historical backgrounds and the honoring of the communities who create them sort of happen and that's when 2020 happened and i do have to thank josh forever he gave me like a little push down the cliff and that was i will say the leap of faith that we took so yeah yeah i get the visual of you like getting pushed off the cliff but then taking off with wings and flying and it's such a great compliment having like two sides that play a very unique role in bringing forward your um, shared mission um, that you both offer um in that regard um you know how just like the sharing of knowledge but then having the resources or the people around you to help you manifest that and bring that forward and how vital that is in uh, manifesting anything you know it's like having the awareness of what you want to bring forward but then also taking the initiative and actualizing it and having the fear but still moving forward regardless of it for sure. I think that we grew quite a bunch in, in not just in the knowledge of what we do operation wise, but on our personal lives as well. I think that we got uh, sort of challenged into our roles. Uh, we grew in a society in which both male and female tend to go to the regular jobs and they're both contributors to a single household and an old school traditional household in which one um, of the members is the one that it sort of sustains the pillar so everything else within the household can flourish uh sort of happened to us and I at least for myself there was a lot of doubt like what are we doing i don't want to depend on my husband and, and there was a lot of personal challenging within me with that security and independency but then it brought out that divine manifestation of josh and his sacred masculine like reassuring when a beautiful loving energy that again like it's a feeling do it keep on walking and yeah here we are so so i think it brought a lot of healing within all the challenges that it presented in its initial stages and josh did you move through anything similar to what natalia just described absolutely it was it's always with Natalia, it's always like pushing up against a wall because she's so stern in her beliefs. And it's it's <laughs> always a challenge for me. Like I'm very patient and she brings me to the level of, I don't want to be patient anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's always been a challenge. Um, watching my, my parents grow up, my parents were always separate so the more i would say more what the modern thing is like my dad has his money my mom has her money do they come together and work together 
maybe <laughs> not really from what I, from what I've experienced with Natalia it's like I can hold this down so you can focus on this and how have the challenges that you both have experienced in actualizing your mission um, served your mission and how has it been utilized as a tool break that down a little more how have the challenges served um, you the challenges mm-hmm. um, I feel like they they teach me a, a lot about this is a this is a good question this is <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see him in the background, but I'm just like smiling <laughs> back. Like, yeah, tell us wow, the story. This might be something I have to reflect on here. Well, uh, I will say, uh, as far as my end goes, uh, I did a lot of reflection with what is happening in the collective. I see our dynamic as um, the microscopic scale mm-hmm. of what is happening in this realm, the, the planet, right? Like, we're talking about Earth in. Uh, that role play of the masculine and feminine balancing each other. I feel that we have polarized ourselves in a way in which we want to be equal to each other. So men and women should yes, be equal. Talk on it. And uh, there is the we can do everything that men can do, and men can do anything that women do. Right, and, the, and this sort of confusion sort of happens at that point. And when it brought us to that particular challenge of, of having to divide our roles in a very specific way to bring our little baby uh, hand by craft forward, um, there was the security aspect, right? And, and, and dad, particularly myself, um, in the feminine aspect was like, wait a minute, like, am I giving up my security? Like, am I becoming incapable of? And, and I noticed this barrier of the trusting of the masculine energy because of how past damage has been done uh, to the to the women in that sense but it goes back to the men as well because they have lost the ability to be providers or protectors or display themselves in different sets of energy uh, that as much as we can try to embody being the feminine we don't fully have it um so so it brought that guard down and, and that came with yeah, it's a lot of poking. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and it came with a little bit of impatience and, and, and all sorts. But again, everything was a teacher. So I was like, if the feminine is hurt, but there is no real trust in here. Like, this is my spouse. This is the person that I'm sharing my life with. So what is the challenge within myself that does not allow me to feel vulnerable in that company? Is it really sacred what I'm doing in my particular relationship and how will that reflect with this business as we grow? So so the more that I understood that it was not a challenge to take away from me, but to fill more into that cup. And I sat with that feeling and I honored the feeling. I will have to say at times, yes, there was tears. At times, yes, there was frustration, but it all had to happen to the vessel in order to be purged out, if you will. And once that energy was emptied out, then newer things grew. Uh, there was newer spaces in which we were able to join and KO the uh, markets in which we got to find each other. And that confidence of being freely able to do what I had to do uh, in order to grow up to this stage 
sort of sort of happened. So thanks for your patience. I appreciate you <laughs> for that. Well, thanks for always pushing me. <laughs> yeah, and it's a beautiful compliment. And I really love like how you mentioned the feminine energy and then the masculine, the divine masculine, and how it's working together because um, as you say, like, yes, we can be in balance within the energies within ourselves because I believe we all hold the masculine and feminine inside of us, but they can become out of balance. And then as you're mentioning, um, those aspects of yourself where you recognize like, okay, I have to sit with myself having a partner, you're kind of reflecting to each other and teaching in that moment. And I want to know, um, how does that work with your business? Like having a business together, how do you show up, um, as each other's teachers and doing everything like to continue pushing your business forward and also each other forward. I think we've divided a lot of the tasks on say what the feminine is good at and what the masculine is good at. I, I think we know a lot of what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. So it's usually my job to show up with anything with the technology and much like this conversation, Natalia is a beautiful speaker and carries it very well like she shows up for the business like that consistently with a with communication with the indigenous and things like that it there's a very soft side that she's able to break through and and communicate with them and really have good understanding about what they're trying to say and i think that's something that they're not really used to in the western world which is it's incredible that she's able to do that <laughs> yeah, we'll say that uh, it has been a lot of those set of skills that we prior uh, carried. I'll say, yes, she's a genius of, of technology. <laughs> and half of the things that he does, I have no idea how he creates. So he's all that back end, all that support that operations-wise we need. Now, he, I'm going to put your Virgo nature out there. Uh, he's methodically organized. So if there is sort of maybe a busy weekend or a calendar that we have to fill then uh, he's able to pinpoint like this should be your priority so put your mind at ease or at rest so I can then later on perform um, and, and I dedicate a little bit myself at that outreach I will say it's a language type of thing because I'm closer to uh, the indigenous tribes and the people of the country uh, well, I was born there, right? So there is that little bit of acceptance. But I have to, I, I laugh all the time because, um, and I'm going to put the Embera Chami who, who created these beautiful pieces of jewelry in the spot. They tell me like, no, like, but we know you. Like, we want to know about the people of the North, quote unquote, like, and, and that is a mystery to them. So to hear Josh, to see a little bit of his environment, we, we share uh, the seasons of the year, right? That's something that doesn't happen in, in the tropic. So so it, it opens up their brain to the idea that we live very differently and the challenges up here are so distinct than what they have that they open their heart fully to the people of the north, to, to those wow. foreigns, to them. And, and what they share is like, it's not their fault. And it's so funny. They call me white, although I, I'm Colombian born and raised, right? And, and he said like, it's not the white people's fault what their ancestors did. So they should not carry that guilt because they were born in here free of sin. Like, and, and that's what they notice that 
restriction that sometimes the foreign has because of that inadequacy of like, I don't belong. They don't see that. So, so to transmit that to the people here has been uh, one of the biggest challenges and most gratifying things that I think we have done. I, I laugh all the time because I tell her that we're constantly modulating between frequencies because we always have someone different walk up to our table and they're always at a different level of awareness. And sometimes they have got awesome things to share with us that we can learn from and sometimes they learn from us. So it's just about connecting really. Yeah, bridging that gap of separation and coming back to the unification of all. And how do you go about that? Like, how does that look in your day-to-day lives? And I'm really, um, I, I appreciate you sharing, like, how the indigenous people are receptive to Josh and almost curious, like, of the people of the North, like, how they are. Because in my head, I was thinking, like, maybe there were blockages there, like, that you would have to work through. And I have to say that these guys, uh, discovering this world to me, and, and then sharing it with my partner, um has been a delightful thing if it wasn't for a little bit of the restrictions as far as travel goes um but we will be spending the time directly there with them but for what we have right now i'd say that technology is a great thing if used in a proper way and, and it has to allow us to really do that exchange uh well they see through our screens or their screens what we see with our eyes uh, we do something very similar. So uh, I think it has been putting a little bit of ideas or showing them a little bit of the ways with the basics of what they have. They do have a cell phone. It's 2022, but there is a single person who may have it in the entire village and runs the errands back and forth. So so it's a community thing to them when they see something special that we send from here. So everybody gathers. They pass the phone around. Like that documentary that it happened. And it was a, a pride and type of thing of seeing themselves in a different environment and and when they understood how sacred what they shared with us and how special it was like their heart continued to pour more and more so with hands open i think that we try to hear those stories and since you mentioned the documentary for the people listening i guess a little bit of our business is we use the physical items to effectively uh, pay for the documentaries that we're trying to create, which is more of the spiritual beliefs and things like that. So, yeah. Which is so cool. We watched the documentary. Um, if you want to share, we'll link it in our show notes. But if you want to share what the documentary is called and what the vision behind it was, I know you mentioned the spiritual teachings. So it is Inberachimi. It's an introductory to the Inberachimi. We want to, we're creating a series called Hands Behind the Craft. So our business name is Hand by Craft. And that's kind of the the pun or the play into it. And what we want to be able to share is the, the medicine of the condor, I suppose. That would be more of the feminine, which would be South America. And the indigenous beliefs, the, the way of life, um, we don't necessarily want to focus on the terrible things that have happened to them because we want to focus on the positive aspect because we feel if we, if we focus on that vibe, that vibration, that's what's going to wave, you know, the frequency is going to wave out. Mm-hmm. 
like what you give energy to grows. Yes. So yes. it's highlighting and amplifying their voices for the betterment of them instead mm-hmm. of for their downfalls. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I, I think it, it is partially that uh, introduction to their lifestyles, their culture, but a bit of that visual preservation of those techniques. It's sad to say because we work also with two artisan communities of the country, one with the coffee and two with baskets. But um, as far as baskets go, this is a patrimony of the nation. So we only have 400 weavers left in the country. So sad because I I noticed this too in that uh, communication and interaction. While North America is seeing this lovely revival of all traditional, all handmade. The American people want to connect with what are they supporting with their dollar, where their products come from, where they're getting their clothing, and all of these aspects. Colombia is sort of backwards. And if there's any Colombian listeners out here, maybe maybe they could type in in the comments and send us some uh, info. But Colombia is kind of backwards. They want to industrialize themselves. There is this shyness or shame a little bit into having to work with the hands or having to exert this extra effort because it's not as instantly gratifying as going to get a regular check and being able to buy yourself a truck or any material goodie, right? And and by sharing these documentaries, it educates the Colombians who have left the country and also have forgotten the history of their people. It also brings pride to those younger generations once they see that, you know, a first world country, if you will, uh, it's appreciative of that tradition that it's so common. Uh, and, and three, it will leave that legacy for those young ones that want to follow but don't find it. We we found that as well during our first couple of years together. We had all these thirst for knowledge of sorts. And we found rod blockers. So if you don't pay for this subscription, you don't get to see the channel. If you don't pay for this video, then you don't get to see the material. And how sad it is because knowledge should not be something that you acquire and then you hold uh, from everyone else so you may be in a more privileged or in a powered position so how about you have it and you share it freely you let it loose that's what those documentary series are about so uh, learning preserving bringing pride and then sharing that free knowledge with the world so yeah and that's such a powerful um thing to say is like because there's so much medicine just in sharing our words with one another so when you're bringing forward that um, sacred knowledge of the indigenous ways and all of that that existed before, like so many distractions that exist nowadays, you're really continuing all of the like it's really the word sacred is the one that keeps coming to head. It's like um, to my head is because there's so much power in returning to those ways. And like you mentioned, it's really it's mind boggling for me to think that there are people out there who might find shame in working with their hands and doing the things that their ancestors did and the people of the lands did because that's so beautiful and connecting to it it, re- it returns us to our source um without like all of these like you said instant gratification and all of these materialistic items that take us further away from our center so the documentary i watched it it was really cool so inspiring to see Yay. I loved when I encountered you at the market, um, learning the history of the jewelry I was purchasing. And it made 
the sense of connection so much stronger and i think it's really beautiful to have the business like yes you're selling the material items um, but it's to fund such a powerful mission behind the scenes yeah that i ultimately feel is going to empower those in colombia who maybe feel like they're um, out of touch with the ways that things are here in america the instagramification the capitalism and returning back to the roots of um, handmade um, all natural spending time and intention into what you're crafting and also having that connection with the things that you do purchase or that you welcome into your home into your space which is really important and i was gonna ask you because i know you shared with me um about the way that the jewelry is made how they um the people who are crafting it receive the images and the patterns in dreams so if you can elaborate a little bit about that uh so there are a group that still is a shaman and they use shamanic uh medicine so the one in colombia would be yahe and yahe is more of the masculine version of ayahuasca so during those ceremonies they they have visions say and as a way of meditation they use the beads as a way to kind of integrate that meditation into the physical you know into the physical so those colors and those patterns are inspiration that they've gotten from the medicine yeah i think that i share with, with the people uh exactly how they brought it into understanding for me which is a little ridiculous right because they make it sound so easy but when you go to do it yourself you find how intricate and, and sort of challenging really becomes and it's go into a collective dream do the exercise in your house you will never know what the people in the next room next to you in the in the floor below are dreaming about right and, and upon coming back from that dream state that journeying that we go into which is just your personal space in your personal space only um you you try to convey that message you try to share that experience but it's not tangible in words there are no words that can describe the figures the shapes the unfolding that it brought you so by painting with the beads then you're able to share that picture that imagery that brought that download or that understanding to yourself so so that is kind of how it comes to be and, and it's quite charming because they were also talking about the concept of how to store memories in physical matter so do you want to talk about that a little bit well, everything that you have has some type of memory attached to it or some type of sort of energy. So when you purchase your earring or your necklace like you purchased, I'm sure every time you pick that up, that's gonna you're going to remember going to the farmer's market, the day that you had, maybe the emotions you were feeling or what you were going through during that time in your life. And I say that it is a, on the broader spectrum, right? It relates to philosophies around the world too, because if you look at Japanese culture per se, uh, they are very minimalist. And the reason of that is because they believe that you share energetic attachments to everything that you own. So that the more that you own, it's kind of like the items really own you because now you have to tend to that big house or maybe you have to tend to those 60 rooms that you have or those plenty cars, etc., etc. that you may have that you're not spending that free time 
acquiring new experiences so how meaningful it is that whatever it is that we make part of either our attire our space um and, and even what we were talking about before like that sacred space in which you come in uh kind of like ground and, and relax uh, it's something that it has value to you so the sharing of the stories and, and that ancestry is precisely the agreement we have made with them that history has to be there because otherwise there will be no difference between getting an item at a local or regular big franchise and getting one from us like if if you don't have that history if that memory is not imprinted in there there is no heart or spirit to it yeah absolutely i'm so curious where did this awareness um come from for you like how did this begin i don't know i've, I've always been weird <laughs> i'm just gonna play, say it plain simple I, I i always felt like i was a little bit of a an odd little duckling and that showed a lot from my early years. I'm going to attribute quite a bunch to my parents. And that's something that I just began to recognize. Um, I think that mom in her very traditional, very, very, very traditional ways uh, had some old knowledge within herself. So her regular sayings, which she like kind of like beat in my head when I was a young kid, finally start to click in. And I say through my dad's side, he was very structured. So a lot of my childhood, I spent into artist schools. Uh, I did have upbringings into Catholic school, which I think it challenging me. And that's the challenging side of me of like, this is the rules. I'm going to question it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that all of those little things sort of forged me into that. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bunch of like traumas and healings and here we are <laughs> and what about you josh aren't, aren't we all weird in this room yeah. Yeah. <laughs> haven't we always known that even when you were little we're weird. Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah it's the same and i always love asking and like having people share the experience because i always find like i think back to myself um a lot of my like my younger self who wasn't confident or comfortable being who i am and showing up as my authentic self I would like to hide from the world, not Absolutely. feeling like, okay, yeah, there are other people who will resonate or like will even understand what I'm saying or feeling. So it's really nice to shed the light on that aspect to allow people to hear and be like, yeah, I can show up and do this. Like I can follow my passion. I don't have to do X, Y, Z just because like it's expected of me. I can go and do whatever it is like you guys are doing, like this beautiful mission. Well, I think I can get super weird here then. Like, none of us are from here. Like, yeah, we, came, we came here to raise the vibration of this planet and stop watching our ancestors do donuts, doing the same problem over and over again, same result. So that's why we're all here, right? Yeah. And we, we say this all the time about Hand by Craft. Like, this is not where we're going. This is not our end goal. This is just an example to others of how to build a business that is not in service to self but service to others and please everyone copy us <laughs> like for real if we inspire 15,000 Colombians to do the same and go back to all their indigenous people to reclaim their agriculture the beauty that the country has that would be awesome because we can then move in onto a next stage or be mm. creators of something else so like I said to you uh, it's not about 
yes, it is our baby, but it's not about like grasping it just for ourselves. Like let it flow freely. If that inspires people, say maybe Honduras, Costa Rica, Mexico, and you see this beautiful, beautiful empowerment around the world where people don't look for that external, but they go back to their roots and they honor it in such a beautiful way. What a different world. What a cities of life in light we will have around. And that is sort of what we are aiming, the, the experience in itself of discovering the people or touching many hearts, seeing many different consciousness and being able to sit at these beautiful spaces or tables in which we're able to share freely who we are in and what drives us and inspires us. That is the main driver of what we do and we do it with great passion. So yeah, I think that it should feel like play. Um, there was a long time in, in this planet in which we believe we needed to have some sort of accomplishment uh, to be someone, to have value. And these amazing teachers, they, they tell you, uh, our indigenous people, like the tree doesn't worry about dropping or creating fruit. And the squirrel is not concerned whether it planted the nut or not they're existing why are you worried when you open your eyes as of what are you going to do today and how does that determine whether you feel good about yourself or not so so it puts you into that exercise am i existing or am i forcing myself to do this and if it feels ugly then you should probably not do it because it should feel fun mm-hmm. so yeah i think that it, it, it brings knowledge in, in many practical ways from a business life, to a personal life, to a partnership, to a friendship, and ultimately to a community or mm-hmm. uh, this larger type of area. Yeah, and I have to ask because I feel like obviously you speak the words and you're living it and it, it can be so easy, but so many people have so many limiting beliefs to work through. So how, what advice can you give somebody who might be listening, who wants to make that change, who wants to get closer to their roots and honor you know the people of their past and honor all of humanity um how can they break free of these limiting beliefs that might be holding them back hmm. oh that one was an arrow to their heart okay i would say that it, it goes to to me i and it's so hard to say because there is not one formula that works mm-hmm. for all right um what it works for me it's embodying like it already happened. So when we went with that intention of meeting these individuals to be their students, which that is the initial intention of, we saw in our minds that we met those people and we were talking to those people and we were building relationships, friendships with those people. And when we approached them, we told them exactly what we wanted to do. There was no facades. There was no like, get to know me. And if you like me, I'm going to propose you an idea. There was just like, this is who we are. Really, this is our idea, but we have nowhere to start. Will you be our teacher? And the people that were meant to be appeared. I'll say the same for our videographer, for our working spaces. These beautiful table we're sitting around. So, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of what people get trapped on is they think that oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it's an excuse that they tell themselves to not do. 
So once you start doing, the universe just gives you the next step. So for a practical example for us, we decided to turn our basement into like a stock room and so we could get more online orders and things like that because we weren't getting many online orders. And after we actually took the action in the physical reality, we started getting out more online orders. So we start building things uh, for, okay, we're gonna do more coffee. So we put this, the things that we need in place in the stock room to sell more coffee and the more orders come, so. Wow. It's really like, um, <laughs> like I always say, it's like that fake it till you make it concept, but you're not faking it, you're embodying it, you're believing it, and then you're magnetizing it to you in that sense. Yeah. It goes back to what we've spoken on. It's like not needing to know all the steps, but just the first step, and then the rest of the steps will follow and show themselves when it's time. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a little bit of what you mentioned with uh, inner knowing. I don't know if it's an inner knowing because you really don't know the steps. But it's that certainty of knowing mm-hmm. that there is no other possibility but that possibility. Like I will share you an example. When I moved to the United States, I came with an exchange uh, through college. And I didn't know how I would come to the United States. I only knew that I would come to the United States. When that opportunity presented through college, which was in a space that I was into, I embodied like I was already in this country. And I came in here with a backpack. <laughs> that was about it, maybe 20 bucks. And I came to work and do all my studies, but not until I was certain that no matter how it will happen, it happened. Um, when Josh lifted me and, and I lost my job and he's like, well, handbag craft is going to happen. We didn't know how, but he reassured me it was going to happen. So then it happened. Uh, when we said, well, sometimes we feel a little lonely and I feel that that's a little bit of what we lack, that tribe spirit where we're doing our work, but we're not really sure. Am I ready? Like who is there to tell you that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not until we said, like, let's come out. And let's talk to the people. That's when you encounter your tribe, when you really put yourself into that space. And that is the only option you give the universe because that is what you are creating or what you're telling it directly how to deliver. So, yeah, I say that it's like being a driver. If you set up the universe's GPS to your goal, uh, I'm sure it delivers without a fail. It may take you to a longer route if you need to experience certain lessons, but without a doubt, Universal GPS does get you there. It's a good um, visual, like the universal GPS, because like as you're speaking, I'm like applying it to myself and like my beliefs, how I manifest certain things for myself. And I feel um, what you said stuck out. It's like there's no as long as you know, you're you don't know how you're going to get there, but you know, like this is going to happen for me the universe obviously is going to conspire and allow it to happen for you and like you said i find myself constantly like falling into certain cycles because the lessons need to be learned and it's reminding yourself like these lessons are being learned for a reason but continue keeping the goal in mind so that it can manifest um as opposed to getting like steered off the path because of whatever lessons and obstacles you're moving through for sure and how has this way of life impacted your everyday life like the real understanding of this, how has it been integrated? 
the understanding of the universe of the manifestation and the knowing and the certainty that you have within yourself um after really understanding this concept how has that impacted or changed how you may show up every day um you know you get you get back what you put in and i think that that understanding has really shown in like uh watching watching the watcher right wow you read my brain (laughs) maybe you gave it to me (laughs) watching the watcher so when you catch yourself upset or in that emotion or maybe even with someone else oh if i continue to do this that's what i'm going to receive because there's a lesson here i need to learn so watching the watcher i I, it's the best way i can transmit that yeah i will say that um in yeah it's kind of like you get trapped like riled in and then out because you are the performer but you're also the observer Mm -hmm. and um at times when there is maybe overwhelming stages of the natural business or whatever it is you're doing in your everyday life you have family you're also a partner you're a friend you're a business owner you're all these things you're an aunt you're a sister you're all these roles right and when life gets overwhelming, the exercise is like seeing yourself without thinking it's yourself. Like seeing the play of chess in front of yourself and seeing how you're moving. You're like, wait, but this character is going back and forth in the same six cells. Like, what is it doing, right? And that could be yourself very well in that instance. So, so without the judging of like of right or wrong, observing those patterns and then working through them. And it, at times it takes time indeed sometimes you get caught and then three days later you're like ah dang i caught myself again right (laughs) so so you draw back i think that it's a never-ending process but you become a little more comfortable or you sort of are becoming better at spotting yourself so when you spot yourself then kind of like nip it back and, and then you move forward once again i think the key there is like the um not having that judgment that's really like a good takeaway and it brings me to the topic of like the cultural appropriation and judgments that others might have so i would love for you to share how um judgments could have impacted you and how you might have worked through them and what you experience um i guess the cultural appropriation more comes at me than because i'm from north america (laughs) so it's there's always a specific type or like a vibration that that person carries and I could see it when they walk up and they always have fire in their eyes because they got some program running that probably isn't even theirs that they were passed down to or heard or something like that. And I did have one experience where there was a younger girl and I could tell she had walked around to other vendors because she came up to me like, so you have a story about this. Tell me your story. I talked to the other vendors. They said that you have a story. And I try to explain that, you know, we work one-on-one with these two different groups and that this benefits them and it also benefits us and it benefits the people that are actually taking these items because that information or that story or that awareness is with the item now and it's with that person that buys it. And the masks in particular very much triggered her because she's she could see the jewelry for she told me i'm not i'm not sure why because i can never know what's going on in her head 
But the masks in particular were cultural appropriation to her because she told me that we're not worthy. So that, that to me tells me that she feels like she is not worthy to have something like that. And that's difficult to break through nicely and not because I want to help her go through that. But I ultimately can't be the one to, to do it for her. Right. So as when you stepped in, I believe. To yeah. Speak with her. Yeah. I think that um, on that particular instance, like, look, I get mixed reactions all the time. Um, I will say that my most difficult reactions I get actually from people that share the same roots or are Colombian like me. And, and I, I get it. There, there is either a justification in their mind that it makes their point valid. But at some point, there is also a projection of those experiences, those negative experiences being reflected onto me as if I was replicating it or a trigger for it. So at times, I let them have the experience. And, and at some point, they will come to the realization that, you know, maybe it was their mind. Uh, but this particular instance turned from dark to a little bitter, um, like a little on the root side. And, and that is in a standard that I myself operate at all times with who the people I interact with. So if you cross the line, we're going to set the, the pace on that end. Now, when she uh, came specifically to Josh, which we talk about, the indigenous Adornis, this mysterious man of the north who they want to teach everything and anything. Like, I'm Colombian. I can learn, I can learn later. He's a rarity, right? And they hold him so sacred and so personal, so special, that I had to really interject it. And I asked this question to them. I'm like, how do you feel about, like, people appropriating culture? They, uh, North American people think that this is a little disrespectful to the tribe and they're not worthy or adequate enough to uh, embody they laughed in my face like when i tell you they laugh out loud they're like well that is ridiculous like that is another form of separation because you're telling yourself that you do not belong to that hall and at the end of the day yes we do have different upbringings we do have different vessels we do have different energies but at the core we are the same so the fact that someone in North America, in this case scenario, is wearing our jewelry or is displaying one of our masks and their office, home, sacred space, etc. Well, it's an honor because you are appreciative of what we have. And although you are not, you display it with honor. You bring that with care into the space that you're bringing so how is that harmful forget it just wear it just put it on the wall the importance is that memory is that memory being recognized because otherwise any mask will make it to the wall and it will have the same meaning but once you learn about them that's the beauty that you're embodying so so yeah i and i think the key point there is it's division it's division. It's it's separation. There is absolutely no difference. Whether it is embodying a hairstyle, a particular type of dress, etc., etc. Like you find the beauty of those roots of those origins so beautiful that you just want to carry it with you. Anything that you want to display, like we're separate from one another, Dan, and 
and sit down with that thought. <laughs> Maybe there's a little clearing to do in there. Yeah, and it's so beautiful um, utilizing your platform and what you're doing to bridge that separation. And I find that it's like so deeply rooted in your mission um, and the ways that you facilitate that. I just want to, um, I'm curious to know, um, when you began this work, Josh, did you have to work through any of those things within yourself or were you always connected to the unity of all of us? Um, I would say that I didn't have the vision Natalia had in 2018. I understood what she was trying to do. I didn't, I didn't ever feel like I was culturally appropriating or anything like that because I never felt <clears throat> that level of division with any, anyone or anything like that. But it was... It was the purpose of of I don't of having a purpose, I suppose. I was still lost in the uh, archetype. I don't I don't know what archetype, but like the gym boy archetype, and you got to get your reps in, and and you know that that programming. Yeah, from, but playing a role, like. playing a role. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all still playing roles, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and. The separation that you mentioned, how do you work towards unifying that and like bridging that gap of separation? And like, do you even, I know like showing up with the the materials that you are selling and, you know, just in conversation with the people that visit the stands or your shops, um, how do you really like hone in on that idea of it's okay, like there is no such thing as cultural appropriation. Like that's a concept you're making up and attaching to because of whatever exists within yourself. Like, you know, how are you working to bridge it? If you are, I, I don't think we're really working. We don't even pay any mind to it. If it comes up to our stand, I think that we know how to deal with it through our own intuition. Yeah, yeah I will say that the, you you can see there there is a moment in which you sort of see if the mind is perceptive to what you're saying or if it's entirely shot close, like if your words are going in deaf ears, Mm -hmm. then you just accept that they felt challenged for what you were offering, but that is as far as you can go. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other individuals that genuinely want to break from that and, and are looking forward to hear what you have to say with an open understanding. In those conversations, we can dive in a little bit farther or share the story of how they laughed at me um, and, and it clicks for them. So, and this again, is, that's the story you shared with that one girl that approached me. Like yeah. She coming up and actually having those questions and not running away or just not showing up to our tent means that she was trying to, she was to trying heal from to that, break whether from she knew it or not. Yeah. yeah. The so. curiosity was present. And mm-hmm. how, how did the conversation end? Was she... Um, she was very satisfied with Natalia's explanation of that. I don't, you know, she didn't, it didn't click right there for her, but I, I have faith that it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, um, like you stated, she came in with a little bit of fire, with that little challenging, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that, sure, people call it stories, indeed, they're storytelling, but like proper storytelling not my sales pitch so you can get like your cool jewels or your nice coffee right mm-hmm. um it, it's what she came with with that resistance of like what is it that i'm gonna have to hear now right like i maybe in her past she had experiences in which she was told stories well how boring right and and when she got that transparency or that very genuine answer 
that it was straight from their source like i didn't make it up <laughs> that's what happened uh she sort of relaxed and I, and i think that you could feel that there was no forced speech or anything like that that she brought herself to a more calm place and i think that she went on in her journey hopefully maybe we'll see her in a happier place next time uh <laughs> people get what they need to get when they walk up to us yeah Indeed, indeed. That has been a beautiful experience. And like I say, it's never ending type of work because sometimes a person will challenge you for certain thing. Sometimes another person will give you a certain reassurance and we sit down together all the time. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have your beautiful mind, Josh, and, and discuss these things because sometimes I go into like rabbit holes and I'm like, is that a reflection of mine or is that something that I have to do within myself? Am I being judgy? Right? And, and we get caught into that again so when those case scenarios happen it goes back to that exercise pull yourself back and see the board game of your life for what it is then address and see the loops that are running in your mind which is kind of like a computer tab like you have your browser and then this tab keeps popping and you're like oh god get away from that and it keeps popping you're like get this ad out of here right <laughs> that, that that happens with our thoughts and i feel that it's an easy way to kind of like get it oh i'm thinking about this yes again oh man not this again and until you train yourself with those little wheels and yeah come on sometimes i wash it off if it's a very hard interaction i just water cleanse me and get me to a better space i think that that's important too we're magnetic beings and there is a lot of like energies lower and upper that sometimes like want to grip onto that vibration that it's radiating so how do you honor yourself and how do you honor yourself as a whole and then as a part of a greater whole so you can't pour from an empty cup you have to be full yourself within in order to give that goodness to others and then yeah i think it's one of those personal lessons of like yeah we're getting training wheels on this that's the best <laughs> way i can put it no, it's a good um, visual because we always like talking about practical tips um, on this journey and this human experience, how we can recognize moments where we're going to start downward spiraling as opposed to like our upward spiraling. And I really like the ad, like the popping up of the ad, because you might have an awareness like, OK, I'm thinking of this or like the reflections like you might start looking too deep into something that no doesn't necessarily have to do with you. It could be another person's journey. Um, so it's a good way of pointing things out because I always my goal for the podcast is always to have the listeners and even myself learn tips to help implement and integrate all of these lessons. So thank you for sharing the the example of the ads. Ads, get this window out. There's like a key thing that I, I come back to sometimes is why is this happening to me? Because I'm creating it. So where is the root? Mm, yeah. So if you say why is this happening again, mm -hmm. you're, what what are you doing? Yeah, taking accountability for the role that we play and the experiences that we encounter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is for sure. Accountability is like number one. And when you hold yourself to, to that plate first, then you can kind of like discern, like, am I being truthful to myself? Am I really honoring what I'm doing? Am I being part of like, I don't know, maybe some family drama, some friends drama, like, right? Like it happens in many environments. And then, oh, shoot. Like I got spotted within myself. So if I fix it, do I see a better outcome or am I still caught into it? Then if it's the same or similar outcome, but I already corrected myself, what is it 
within that immediate mm-hmm. sphere that it needs a little bit of that correction or rewriting mm-hmm. so when did this um, self-awareness begin? Was there like a pivotal point in where you became more conscious of yourself and um, the responsibility of the self and taking ownership for the reality that we're experiencing? For me, when we met, um, it was a complete different paradigm. I think we started to experience uh, my curiosity. She sparked my curiosity and... I was very diligent and disciplined with all the podcasts and audio books and consistently just what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Okay, I've, I've got this. I've assimilated this. And honestly, uh, probably my best teacher was marijuana because Natalia really introduced me to how to use it properly. And that really opened me up, changed me. And then it came a point where, all right, I've had it enough. Like, thank you for teaching me, and I'll have it occasionally. But, but yeah, that marijuana really connected me with my intuition. And can you elaborate a little bit more on how to use it properly? Like, what does what does that mean? And um, people may use it as a party drug, or because they want to pig out, or mm-hmm. they want the sensations to be more elaborate. Um, for me, it was using it for meditation, not even realizing I was meditating. Like, I would smoke and stare at the stars, and my mind, I would catch the programs in my mind. And I would start hearing pings, maybe pings in my left ear, my right ear, depending on what I was thinking. And that really, I didn't realize at the time, but I, I know now it's kind of like a connection to your higher self, like a yes or a no. Or... Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Where did that start for you, Natalia, that connection or just like your spiritual journey as a whole, if I can call it that? I think that for me, it was a little different. I think it came in in stages um, when I was brought into like deep shock. I'm mm-hmm. going to say 11 years old, my, like the very first time in which I saw myself with a different understanding. There was uh, the passing of my father and I felt challenged. Uh, because I was expected to cry or grieve in a way, but I could not commune with that grieving. So I understood that I was a little bit different, um, but I didn't know why or how. So I still wanted to fit in. Like I was a little kid, right? Like every kid. Now the second stage happened uh, right when I moved to America. So that was like the cultural shock. I did move by myself, no friends or family. So I think that it brought me into my senses because it put me into that awareness of the present moment. So I was capturing and soaking everything that all my external senses could catch. That was stage number two. And I'll say that uh, I went to sickness when I moved to the States in 2012. I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and was the reason why my father passed out of cancer. So I was challenged again into not going that traditional route of medicine. And I connected with the plant medicine in alternative ways, which finally brought my healing. And from there, it was... Yeah, it, 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 that was that was it. Like uh, uh, using my own vessel as the object of my experimentation, and playing um, 
with the natural medicine and seeing the results brought me to question everything else and that was it i think that that was probably the three or four major major pieces that brought me here it makes a lot of sense because i always find that like after some sort of like traumatic experience or like some kind of like pivotal like shocking moment to the human that's when like these major shifts start happening within our our energetic bodies yeah um, I do want to ask you both. I know you mentioned that this hand by craft is like you're right now. Um, it's not like the future from like kind of what you said. Where, what does the future look like or what are you guys hoping? What do you intend for it? Well, we would like to be more hands on like South America and things like that. So that's something that we've wanted for a while. Like we wanted to be the ones doing the documentaries, but we weren't able to, but we were able to facilitate it. So that's, plenty great enough that we're able to to be part of that or to be the the ones pulling the strings or the drivers of that but um i'm gonna let you handle most of this because a lot of this is your vision and then sure um (laughs) so well we do want to continue to be the students of these communities and right now we're learning uh, to artisans and to indigenous groups uh, there is a lot of fabric to cut on that end, right? Uh, I think that once we're able to get hand by craft in, in a running stage where we're able to move a little bit more freely within the land and we don't require to be as physically present at the markets and, and we can handle things a little more remotely, the goal will be done to spend a spring to, say, the end of the year in the States sharing with the people, having these beautiful experiences, but then winter comes to be really dedicated to that study with the tribes, whatever that entails. Like if we have to go offline for four months and really learn about the plant work or weaving or gathering or whatever the case may be, that will be beautiful. Now, if we talk about like midterm, um, we also certified ourselves into permaculture design and we always envision to have a little bit of a sanctuary, whatever that place is that we find our roots. We haven't really traveled America far enough to say, oh, this is our final destination. I want to plant the tree in which I sit down under when I'm 60 or 80, maybe 150 years. Who knows? At these times, maybe 500 um, <laughs> in, in this particular town. So I think that eventually when, when we find that little space, uh, in which we feel the draw to grow older at, um, it will be amazing to have some sort of sanctuary place to receive uh, some of these natives, of some of these artists, and to be able to host and bring community in uh, in order to yeah, continue life. I give that question to her because my intuition tells me we have that direction, but something else is happening, and it's something beyond our imagination. Yep. So. I think that, that is in the in the realm of what you can think of but I, I go back to the greater of all like if we're not of this place right if we come from a greater uh, intelligence in uh, a greater form well 
if it fits in our minds then it's too little like i'm hoping that something will happen within this realm of the universe that we are in that it will knock our socks off like it's mm-hmm. so greater so magical and so beautiful for everyone that it will blow our minds open so we can't imagine it so within the imaginable of things yeah. a very nice space that we can host <laughs> and have friends and have beautiful activities and, and that it's our little patch of paradise yes uh but in the non-controllable side of things like uh, i will let the universe just unfold itself however it is that it wants to and that it brings goodness not just to us but everyone else that it surrounds us as well yeah and i really love that you chimed in josh to to add that that the intuition allows you to know that it's going to be like something that you can't even imagine right now because from personal experience i always find that like i might say okay this is going to be my plan and i'm working towards this goal and then something just happens like in divine timing and divine space where what i was imagining is like so minuscule to what actually unfolded in front of me and it, it really speaks to that we never imagined we'd be at like farmers markets or in the physical we always wanted to be online and wow. we realized the physical is a huge step into what we're actually supposed to be bringing so wow it's amazing it's all about just maintaining the vision like the the reasoning behind it and then allowing what it comes to be in the physical to unravel in the ways that may not be perceivable Mm -hmm. in our limited human minds yeah it's like again that 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 universal gps like you you put in your destination right Mm -hmm. little online shop that allows us to travel or Mm -hmm. a little podcast that we meet people and then the universe is like oh wait i'm gonna take you up this mountain you're gonna meet this guru and i'm gonna take you down this dungeon oh you know what we're gonna go to the ocean finally i'm gonna get you there by the time you reach the destination you have expended so much Although you might have had a couple pit stops and maybe some towels and things in the way, but it's so fulfilling and, and it makes you feel much more complete. And we have a little practical example. When Natalia lost her job, uh, she was in Woodbury Commons, so a big mall, and the universe gifted us all of the furniture and a lot of the business equipment that we used or wow. still use. And we had no idea at that point. It was just... No one's going to take it. Here, Natalia, you can have it if you can get it out of here. All right. Wow. Yep. (laughs) I love that. I love that you bring the practical reality to these great grand concepts because it really allows people listening and for ourselves to be reminded of the ways in which it's actually accessible and what it looks like and how tangible it is for anyone if we just allow the room to make it so or allow it to be and also what came to mind um is allowing people to recognize like those blessings that are put upon them Mm -hmm. because sometimes it can be really easily overlooked like okay i lost my job and like i'm taking this equipment like it was gifted but it's not um like connecting it to like that divine plan or purpose that's there for you yeah and removing like the victim mentality because like i'm sure it could have been easy to be like oh my goodness i lost my job what am i gonna do and it's like such a divine yeah, that redirection happened. <laughs> yeah. that also happened yeah. <laughs> of course but it's so amazing to be able to see like the bigger picture maybe not in the moment but now here and speaking how that played such a vital role to allow this moment to be actualized yeah i think that it's like that certainty that knowing you're 
end goal or that big destination because the universe like will send you little clues and be like but do you want it okay here's one step and then it's up to you whether you will gravitate in that direction and move forward or if you will ignore those signs and continue to run you you also had people uh, emailing you and calling you for jobs after like from college. oh man so that was like, really tough yes well we want to hire you don't do it <laughs> yeah, that, that, that we have to think to Josh you know how you were saying like how do you know whether you go down the spiral or up the spiral so um, the way in which he made it click for me was like wait a minute the universe is testing you do you want it or you don't want it how firm are you in it well we will offer you a little bit more but you used to do as this and these extra benefits and whatnot and then it was like that challenge for me so Josh will say like do you want it or you don't want it and now it's like a holy bananas like I pray to be in this spot and now I'm doubting myself if I want to be in this position so I'm like wait a minute like I'm like going insane and you go into your own rants right that's where I think that my relationship with uh, marijuana kind of happened because it's that little retool to me like I sit down at night and I just commune with my thoughts, whatever that is. Am I insane? Like I'm declining this amazing job. My family will be so proud, right? And then the part of me that it's like, well, you're giving away the opportunity of doing what you wanted to do. So so it's that internal kind of like battle of light and night until you make peace with it. And once you make that determination, like this is it, I, I try not to go back. Sometimes the the program does go back on a loop, and a year and a half later, yes, they come and they offer you something, and you're like, no way, I passed you. I I know how you look like challenge. Okay. Wow. Really, yeah. Um, like in the Alchemist, um, the personal legend, and I don't know if you've read it. Yeah, and yeah. like how the king shows up at. Well, he'll show up in different ways to test. You know, like if the person's really ready for it, and it's so relatable because same with me. Like I've left um, a corporate job. And then I'll get these emails or job opportunities where I do not, I know deep inside that I do not want to be, will present themselves and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's that Mm -hmm. back and forth because the logical mind wants that sense of security or to fulfill those expectations of those around us and sticking true to the self and like really checking in, like, is this what I want? And I love that Josh would ask you that question, like, is that what you want? And you check in with the self, like, yeah, no, what is it that I want? Yeah. And it allows you to continue. Well, such divinity, like the divine mirror is so essential sometimes because of how easy it is to like get caught up in our own <laughs> thoughts and our own programming. And it's like, no, we know the truth. But sometimes, you know, we need a little reminder. And I feel like we do that for one another a lot, which is why I was laughing while you were sharing that, because it's so relatable. Like it's <laughs> scenarios that we've spoken about not too long ago. And it's just amazing to see how it shows up for others. And yet you still push forward. So it's very empowering to hear you guys share um, the day to day challenges that um, you face, but have been able to move through to allow you to get to where you are now. And it's only going to um, help you catapult forward and inspire others to do the same. And it brings you to a sense of gratitude as well, because even if you want to, you yourself cannot see yourself with your own 
eyeballs, right? Like you can't just turn them inwards and like really see yourself. But a different awareness or an external awareness, it's so easy for them to pinpoint in you like, wait a minute, like you're just caught in this again. And, and when the transparency and that communication channel opens again without that judgment because sometimes mm -hmm. we receive feedback and we take it to heart it still happens right at times Absolutely. Um, but when you pull yourself back and you're like wait a minute like maybe this is for my highest good how do i sit down with it and and you turn to that person with that beautiful gratitude that it was able to point out your blind spots you're like i could have never backed up my car or my vessel if we will or my project without having that little help to navigate that tightest space in which i was trying to get out of or into so so yeah i think that it's a beautiful exercise uh in challenging but incredibly gratifying i'll say yeah, i appreciate that because myself um i would say i find myself um whenever my husband will point something out to me sometimes i do take it personal and i'll react as opposed to coming from that space of gratitude, like, you know, thank you so much. So I appreciate bringing that forward because it's like, Jared, I'm happy to be a mirror of your own reflection. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that was an argument that happened one time. And I think that we learned quite a lot about it. No, you, well, I'm glad to be your mirror, me too. Like, one of those things. But, but if you look back, it's awesome because there is a lovely structure within those uh, support systems. Like you're getting it from one another over here. Sometimes uh, in our case, we get it in our partnership and so on and so forth. Some people get it with their mothers mm -hmm. and uh, or their fathers in their different places. Um, but I think that once that basic structure of respect, mutual cooperation, growth, transparency, like that basic standard happens. Even if there is disagreements, you can look back and you're like, wow, this argument is childish. This is not about like the big, big things. This is such a tiny little speckle that we're getting fixed on that when you think about it, you're like, yeah, this is so easily solvable that forget it. it it's not worth bringing our lives to chaos. And and it helps you to sort of speed track a little bit more. So whenever there is challenge in any of those communal relationships, I will say to the audience, always trace back to the bigger picture. And if you're loved, if you're respected, if you're heard, if it's uh, for your highest benefit, then maybe your ego is kind of like poking you on the side. And, and if you're able to master that little speckle, that, that beautiful plant that you have been tending of that relationship will bring more and more fruits forward. So always look at that basic standard first. Yeah. yeah. And a question. <laughs> it's so crazy to jump to that question because everything you just said, it's so, like I really received it within, especially pointing out like the ego, like there's so much there to unpack and receive. But a question that we ask all of our um, guests is, what does being look like and feel like for you? And I would love to hear both of your, your answers. Uh, it's here and now. I mean, I don't, it's a, it's, what other answer could you give? It's here and now, being is here and now. Yeah, I, I'd say that the present moment, it's really funny you, you brought this uh, question because uh, earlier this spring uh, we had an experience with someone that it's very gifted. It has this uh, clairvoyance type of gift. And 
in that realization there was a lot of like clearing of like old pasts and whatnot and i felt quite not understood and it went back to that so i was telling josh like i don't know dude i can't <laughs> i can't resonate with this because all i have is this present breath the breath that I took five minutes ago, it's gone. And I don't know if I'm going to take one next. So what does it matter? Like, what does it matter? Like, hand by craft matters, yes. But it doesn't matter because what matters is that I am here today. What matters is the conversation that I'm having with you when you find me at that stand. I don't know if I'll make it home. Hopefully, I'll make it home, right? But but it, it's that present type of moment. So So it brings you to pick your battles very wisely because if all you have is now, does that argument is worth it? Or the worry of like, am I gonna do this for tomorrow worth it? So do what you can do with what you have right now. If I'm washing the dishes, I'm gonna give you the best dishes that I can. If I am gardening outside, then I'm gonna garden with love because that's what I can do. Tomorrow, I don't know. Yesterday already passed. So I will say that, yeah, the present type of moment. I love that so much. That is so beautiful because it really emphasizes that nothing matters except this very moment in the here and now in the ways that we may put weight on things that really don't have significant value or won't really matter in like a month from now, a week from now, tomorrow. And it's just bringing that reminder back to the self of how significant and such a gift and a miracle this present moment is. And yeah. there should be nothing to worry about aside from that. And that lesson again, right? Like the tree doesn't worry about creating its nuts. Like this squirrel doesn't worry about planting them. Like exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exist. That's all there is. Can you exist with joy? Or are you going to exist with sorrow? Well, we all have that choice within us. Yeah, and whenever the tree example, that's one of my husband's favorite because he's like, you know, the tree's not even a tree. We're calling it the tree. Like, the tree <laughs> exists. It, like, it just ends there. And it really, like, hones in on that, like, right here, right now, present moment, nothing else. Like, we don't have to overcomplicate things. And we always talk about the toolbox that we like to utilize in times of um, need or to pull from when we're, like, moving through something that can be challenging some of our tools can be like um feeling what are the sensations in the body in the moment or sitting with meditation journaling is there anything that you resort to commonly in times of despair i've done journaling in the past that i mean that's very helpful i think that in coming to a certain level of understanding it was it was very key i've kind of let that go uh, I do resort to feeling in the body a lot because sometimes I can sen like sensations of, of where the energy is. I can kind of pinpoint a little bit of what might be happening. Yeah, um, we were saying that you're, you're a little more sensitive to the energies in my logical mind. It depends on the situation. If it's uh, something that it's puzzling me and I have quite a lot to unpack to resolve it, um, I will say that Sometimes I to go a little crazy when it comes to organizing around. I find that when I move my physical space and it feels more comfortable to me, 
I am able to think more clearly. So I'm not going to say it's a mess, but sometimes if I need to switch the energy around, I'm just going to flip my bed around and I'm going to switch these are more to these specific place. And I'm going to move my mirror. I'm done. And then I have a better view or if a better perspective, like my mind lightens up. So or, um, organizing around uh, on the outer definitely has an impact on the inner mind. And I'll say that sometimes I do resort to like cleansing with intention. I have become a fan of like soaking my feet in the river and like really developing that connection with water. Like water cleanse me. If it's raining outside, like it's just water. Like stand under the rain and how powerful it is when you feel drenched and all of that worry or that tension sort of like wiping away. You don't have rain or, or a stream that sit in your shower and just like visualize it living you. As of to open up a little bit of that. I would say that's space. very good for emotion. Would be the water. Yeah, yeah, I, I love, love that. Yeah, yeah, because like here we're having this human experience on planet Earth, so the things that are here for us from nature are our best tools to utilize. Yeah. And um, if there was one takeaway that our listeners can take from this conversation, what would you like it to be? And of course, both of you. <laughs> follow your heart yeah feel the fear but do it still like yeah sit with that uncomfortable feeling but do it still if you have that certainty like go through it <laughs> just that's it well thank you both so much for being guests on our show and um, we're going to link your information in our show notes. But if you want to let our listeners know where they can find more about you, uh, the documentary is on the website or like if you want to give the name. Indeed. Well, actually, we had beautiful surprises, too. So oh. go for it. Um, <laughs> we actually have a discount code I think we sent you. So there'll be a link there, too. And uh, the coffee. I don't we didn't really talk too much about our products, but uh, coffee is a regenerative agriculture. So it's all permaculturally grown. You can really taste the difference. And people that are very sensitive with the energy have told us many things about it. You can get all the information on the site. And it's also in Adams and Newburgh. So. Oh, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, uh, you heard this many times. We are Hand by Craft. And you find us handbycraft.com. That is where you will find a little tab if you want to watch the documentary, if you want to learn about each one of the products and uh, the shop section, you will find each one of those um, backgrounds as well. Um, yes, we do have a discount code for all of the listeners. And thank you so, so much for uh, having us here. I think that we could go on forever, yeah. but it's okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll save a little for later on. So that discount uh, will be for all of you guys. The name of the podcast, all capital letters, flow space. Pretty simple. Uh, you'll be able to use it at your checkout. Uh, there is no limit on how many times you use it. So it's open up until January of 2023. So cheers. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you guys. Enjoy it. <laughs> and um, yeah, you will find um, permaculture grown coffee. So very, very clean production, natural fiber baskets. We spoke about patrimony of Colombia. So very few weavers left. And two of the indigenous tribes we work with, with behind beaded masks and beautiful jewelry which you two look adorable wearing so yeah 
Thank you, thank you thank again. You. Compliments to the hosts. The tea has been absolutely lovely, and I think it opened our heart and our throat chakras a little bit. So, yay! <laughs> thank you so much for gifting us with that code. We're so grateful for it, and so grateful for all of the medicine and the wisdom that you have shared with us today. Absolutely. Well, yes. guys, thank you. Beautiful night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space, space to, to flow. flow. <laughs> oh, Peace out, family. family. <laughs>